and welcome to Run It Down Corridors. We're not dead. We're back. No. <laughs> Happy Chris. We are back with an exciting episode. Hello. Hello. What just happened? <laughs> I think you cut out. I think everyone did. I said we're back with an exciting episode and then you both just said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a glitch. I thought everyone cut out. I didn't realise that. Uh, uh, I think there might have been a glitch. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Probably. <laughs> Anyway, Chris, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I put my toe back into Twitter mm. for a bit, and uh, I'm starting to realise why I came off in the first place. Um, <laughs> didn't take long, didn't take long. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I jumped back in because um, I did uh, a live-action Patrick Troughton for a fan film, and when they put that out in the trailer, that was quite a big highlight of it. So, And there were so many nice things people said, so I thought... I'll go and jump back in and say thank you very much. <laughs> and unfortunately, I stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that trailer looked really good. What's that for? Uh, it's uh, uh, DW2012. Uh, yeah, they've been doing fan series for years, uh, Luke Newman. And it's got a Dominic G. Martin. his full name. Thank you very much. Dominic G. Martin. Yeah. yeah, it's a long name. It's a long name. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, here's the doctor along with um, Meg Shirley, uh, who's Luke's other half. And uh, yeah, I think they've really pushed the boat out in this this series. Actually, the budgeting looks fantastic, but yet from what I gathered, it doesn't look like they spent money at all. They've managed to source it. Some you know, it just looks basically it blows all of my old fan films that completely out of the water <laughs> i think i don't I, I don't think i'd ever be able to go i remember when it was filmed on handy cams in some cases I, I mean my fan film that i did that took about seven years to get out and four of that was, was filming it that was on tape on mini dv tapes and then these guys come out with their with their immense camera equipment and so on and now they've got the access to after effects gurus and so on and they've come up with a work of art it's all it's all like it's all like that now though because um spoilers tt we're doing some visual stuff now and some of the effects we as a guy yeah connor connor chadwick is doing some visuals on tt and we have uh two lovely um sfx guys dan Patton and aiden o'connor the work these people do is crazy yeah, it just, yeah, it's crazy. It pisses me off, now. frankly. It pisses me off. It makes me look so amateur. <laughs> I, I, there were times where I was like, I wonder what it would be like to jump back in again. And then I look at it and go, nah, fuck that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new uh, king in town, and I don't want to try and laugh at it. You don't do it. I mean, I remember there were tripods left in shots of fan films because they'd take the camera oh, off the tripod Christ. and then forget that they've left the tripod <laughs> so with the facing around there's always like just a random tripod in the middle of the just left there on the off side of the screen <laughs> but anyway i digress i i, I play patrick Shatton's uh, second doctor he wanted to do ai for it which i thought was going to be quite cool uh but he uh he chose not to in the end because he thought there might be a bigger backlash to that yeah than people going true, true. he's too fat to be playing pat Troughton. you know <laughs> the response has been really nice I, I, i've generally thought i was going to cringe and i did but then everyone else has been so polite about it so uh, i'm quite proud of that yeah it looks great seriously yeah it looks like some proper money's been spent on it 
<laughs> just not my wig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> he sourced the costume himself. It's uh, that's quite good. I just uh, oh, wow. gave him my measurements, and I like that. He asked, uh, <laughs> "What's what sizes are you?" And I went, said, "This is going to be depressing." Okay, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he managed to find an outfit that fit me. I'm going to just assume that Pat Troughton will look fat in this purely because it's in widescreen and HD. That's that's my excuse. That's yeah. It's the HD. If I was black and <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I was in black and white on an old uh, an old 16-inch TV, I think I'd look fantastic. <laughs> we do need to rethink this HD. I think it's a bad idea because I saw a picture of myself taken on a 4K camera the other day. And I wanted to get down the Botox clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I had when I had my headshots done? I was like, Jesus, you're chubby. I was expecting that you know to be to for them to make me look good. No, they just made me look like John Goodman back in his ninety back in the nineties. <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I felt a bit ashamed by those photos. Well, I'll tell you one thing that HD has ruined. Any evidence of alien or extraterrestrial activity? There was a time, like if you don't, if you see the old videos of like when they do UFO sightings, they're all grainy and off, you know, kind of like blurry. Yeah, so or much like so. pictures of yeah. ghosts and because, stuff. Because yeah, because you'd, yeah, you'd add that, and then you go, Ooh, yeah, you've was... never seen a HD ghost, have but you? But if you did see an HD ghost, you think, ah, oh, that was an After Effects effect. That was someone yeah, chroma keyed that. that. You yeah, know, it's they could so easily fake it. So now we'll never know what's true and what isn't. It's, uh, so there you go. HD has ruined conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I did see a UFO in, oh, in did you? 2005. And I'm not saying it was an alien. It, by the very definition of a UFO, it was flying and I couldn't un- identify it. And it was an object. But I was with my friends who were at uh, like a picnic and it got into like the early evening. And it was mm. in Lloyd Park. Croydon, 2005, and we looked up and we just noticed there was this little triangle-shaped object with lights on either point just darting around the air. It made no noise, and it was just like it would disappear and reappear and disappear and reappear. And we all tried to film it on our phones, but these are like circa 2005 camera phones. And I don't know if you ever pointed a camera at an old TV. You would tell the electromagnetic. That's what was happening when we were pointing our phones at it. And then it did this for about 20 minutes, half an hour, and then it just completely vanished. And to this day, I don't know what that was. Well, I've seen ghosts, so but we won't go down that. Oh, wow. Of that. <laughs> well, I was, based on, I, was based, I was based on HMS Victory for, for three years, so. Oh, of course. Yeah, so I've seen many ghosts. But that must have, being in, that, in those sort of confined spaces, must have driven anyone to the point of madness. True, true. <laughs> Mm, who knows but all i know is that if you tried to take a photograph of it it would have been more believable than if you took one now well done dslrs you've ruined you've ruined everything (laughs) and abby how are you (laughs) i'm i'm aching because i built a bed by myself which should have been two people but me being me i was like i'm going to do it myself i didn't know you could have a second person help you I mean, my wife hasn't helped me in either of the times I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know when you see the front of the like little pamphlet things, it's got like a cartoon of two people with the box, and I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. Oh, oh is that what it. that's I'll meant to myself. mean? That's what that means, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, 
But yes, I, I built a bed by myself, which is not my nature. I'm not one of these people that can normally do those sort of things. So I am shattered and aching because I'm unfit. Um, oh. Yeah. No, other than that, other than that, just been very, very busy with um, 60 of stuff for about four different channels. Um, yeah, you've got a lot coming Lord. up, haven't you? Yes. yes. <laughs> Never stop. <laughs> So, are we all excited for the 60th? Yeah. <laughs> I like the awkward silence there. <laughs> I am. I think because I think because it's been so drawn out. Yeah. I'll probably be excited when it's on again, but because they've basically been teasing it for a year, you know? Yeah. But that's yeah. just me. ADHD brain. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I've, I've, been, I've been looking forward to it in a sense, but... I don't know. I've recent things have made me sort of doubt it, and I don't want that to be the case. But that that's how I feel at the moment, which is a shame. Should we get into that, Chris? Because there was a five-minute children in need sketch. Who'd have thought that would piss off people? <laughs> it seems to have really thrown the cat amongst the pigeons. But yeah. there was a bit of a delayed reaction to it, and my takeaway from it is that RTD's comments have been completely misconstrued and caused two factions of people online where you yeah. either want kids in wheelchairs being called Davros or you don't. <laughs> that seems to be the factions that are online, and I don't think that's what RTD meant to cause. No. So to summarise, the sketch itself, i would be honest, I was disappointed because I was expecting something from the special, and then it was just a little comedy skit. So at first, in the first impression, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then thought it was a bit stupid. And then obviously now I can appreciate it afterwards. It's a, you know, it's just a skit. But the thing, yeah, that's riled people up is the behind the scenes on the Doctor Who Unleashed, which they put up for it. And Russell T. Davis says, in a sense, that he didn't put Davros in his usual guise, in his usual chair and deformity, because... And it's a very weird reason to bring up, especially this late in the game, that apparently it creates, it, there's a negative image of disabled people being evil, <laughs> which I think is just complete bollocks, really. And I don't understand why he said that, because <laughs> I don't think anyone watched Avros over the years and thought, that's what disabled people look like. But I think what has now happened is people misconstruing it is it's now become a case that people have now started to say, well, I was called Davros, I'm in a wheelchair, and I've been called Davros by some cruel people. But I think that's frankly irrelevant, because that's just pop culture being used to insult people. That's not the same thing. What you, what Russell was implying is that people would, you know, look at da- that Davros was designed to be this menace who's disabled, creating an, Im- creating an idea that disabled people are evil. That's not the case here. What people have actually, what you're actually doing. I mean, you could be called Professor X for God's sake. That's, that's a, there's a True, huge yeah. difference in 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 it. It's just it's pop culture. The fact that you've been called Davros is irrelevant to the point that I feel was a completely stupid comment to make. It it felt like when white people used to say to black people, "I love Obama," just to feel progressive. You know, like just to try and put appease people. So, by the way, wheelchair people, I've always thought Davros was a bit of a weirdo in a chair, 
but he's but and also a very bad stereotype. What stereotype? It's just no one's for the, all these years watched Davros and went fuck me. You know, it, it it's just a really ridiculous stretch of logic, and I don't understand why he said it. But that sort of thing, and now it's now as you say, we've got people going. I was called Davros, so he's doing the right thing. But no, he's not doing the right thing. It's got nothing to fucking do with the fact that someone called you Davros. Nothing at all. They might as well be called Stephen fucking Hawking. I can kind of empathize with these people because when I was 17, I had cosmetic surgery to fix a overbite that was so horrendous, braces wouldn't touch it. So when I was 10, I got the retainer. When I was 11, they said, that's not working. And they gave me the tram tracks. When I was 12, they said, right, that's not working, so we're going to give you the big headgear. Then when I was 13, they said, right, that's not working, so what you're going to do is you're going to come in twice a month, we're going to strap you into this machine, and these guys are going to crank you. And then when I was 15, they said, right, that's not worked, so what we're going to do when you're 17, we're going to break your jaw and completely reset it. So my whole life between when I was born and when I was 17 was getting abused in the streets. I would yeah. walk past people and I would get, what's up, Doc? As I walked past them, oh. cars would do a U-turn to come and sing the Goof Troop theme tune at me. They'd be like, hey, Goofy, where's Max? I've never seen a Goofy movie because that came out in 1995 and that was the worst bullying was for me that year. People would just out Goofy and everything and I was going to kill myself if I didn't have this surgery. And <laughs> what's funny is... After I had the surgery, all that abuse stopped overnight. Like, literally, it stopped overnight. I had to have therapy to figure out what it was like to live in a world where people weren't abusing me. Because I didn't know what it... The first time I walked down the street and nobody said anything, it almost gave me a panic attack because I was like, what's wrong? It was just so alien to me. So I empathize. I empathize. If you're in a wheelchair and someone's come up to you and gone, hey, here comes Davros. I get it. But what happened to you isn't the BBC's fault. It's not Davros's fault. What happened to me isn't Goofy's fault. It's not Disney's fault. It's not Bugs Bunny's fault. It's not even Warner Brothers' fault. It's just dickheads that are using pop culture to try and make you feel small. And you're not going to stop that. You know, you've got Ruth Madeley coming up. She's going to be a character in a wheelchair, and they'll, they'll just call her name at people. And I know people go, oh, yeah, but she's going to be a good character. She's going to be a positive role model. It, it's not going to matter if they get called that. Okay, let's, let's take Goofy as an example. Goofy's a wonderful role model. He's a widower, and he's a single dad doing what he can to raise his son. That's a wonderful role model. Do you think I thought that when people were shouting Goofy at me in the street? No. So I, I completely empathize with these disabled people that have been called Davros. It's fucking horrendous. And I know exactly where you're coming from. I kind of agree with Stephen um, Stephen Moffat. I kind of agree with Russell T. Davis doing it, but I don't agree with him giving the reason for why he did it. Because he could have achieved the same aim if he had just said, oh, well, I've always been fascinated in what Davros was like pre-accident. So that's the version we're going to show. You didn't even need to do that. This sketch explained it itself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But... He, he didn't, it kind of reminded me, you know, um, Mock the Week. So yeah, for anyone yeah, who yeah. doesn't know, Mock the Week was a panel show in the UK where they would get comedians and they would talk about the week's news and mock it. And overnight, relatively obscure comedians would go from selling two or three tickets a gig to selling out arenas 
pretty much overnight. About mm. 10 years ago, the producers of Mock the Week said, right, what we're going to do now is we're going to implement a policy so that at least one of the comedians on the panel is going to be a woman. So every week, we guarantee there will be at least one woman on the panel. What that did is that planted the seed in the audience's mind that, oh, that's the woman. It didn't matter who the woman was. It could be Kathy Burke, it could be Joe Brand, it could be Shappy Kashandi. People who sell out arena tours, what it did was made the audience think, oh, she's there because she's the woman. And it kind of had a negative effect. And it made women comedians turn down Mock the Week because they didn't want the audience thinking they were only there because of their gender. And I think by Russell T. Davis mentioning disability, he has made it about disability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Catherine Ryan actually spoke out about that. I say, I think he could have worded it a lot better. Because it kind of feels like, especially as if he was a guy, if he, if Russell T. Davis was in a wheelchair himself and he said it that way, I think it, it would have been fine. But it kind of feels like he's speaking from the POV of someone he's not. Yeah. And like you said, if if he turned around and gone, oh, you know, I thought it would have been inter- I thought it would have been interesting to um, look at Davros pre-accident and said it like that way instead. I think it would have been better. But I personally am under the illusion that it's Disney that have made him do this. I don't know, because I'll be honest, since things like years and years, I've found that Russell is trying to, and there's nothing wrong with wanting a, I don't like the word woke, so I'll just say progressive, modern. I'll say modern, I prefer that. Um, You know, empathetic would probably be the, the best way of describing it. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I found in his recent work, at least, has been, it's been preachy, in a sense. And I think there's a huge difference between being progressive and saying stuff that, to come across progressive. Like Martin said, when they cast that woman, you know, as a, put a woman comedian in the te- on a Mock the Week and so on, they became a token uh, personality on there just because of their gender. That was it. And... That sort of imply is kind of what happens when they say, "Well, we're we're going to be good because we're we're going to be progressive because we're going to make sure a woman is on every panel." Right? Okay. Uh, that doesn't imply anything other than you're just doing that to tick a box, and that yeah. is a very neg- a very counterproductive thing to do. And I find with things like, especially with years and years, I found it was kind of a whole series. I, I couldn't finish years and years because I found it was just too preachy. On a left, on a liberal sort of perspective of uh, a nihilistic viewpoint of everything, and it felt like you were being told why the world sucks and everything like that. So it's basically it, it, him sitting uh, doing that interview and then saying, "Disabled people, you should be offended by this." Essentially saying you should be offended by something when that's not his right to say and not you know. If you wanted to put Ruth Madeley in the in a in a drama. I wouldn't say, or even, for example, what's her name? Uh, who's playing Rose? I forget her, her name. Yasmin Finney. Yeah, the, the tran, trans actress um, playing, uh, playing a trans role in, in Doctor Who. A bit, you know, casting casting her wouldn't have, isn't an issue at all. Even fitting them in the script isn't an issue. But if it becomes a case of it's for a purpose to portray to the audience, that's when it has a problem. And I'm worried that's what's going to be evident throughout a lot of this and potentially Shooty's era is 
not necessarily being progressive to in for casting purposes but just more kind of like it's it's just it's highlighting uh it's just highlighting what's you know what you're doing to try and appease people and it uh, and i find that quite it comes across false every time i look at that and i think that's a huge shame because you can do a good drama and and not have to do and not have to announce it well if you take cucumber for example that russell t davis made for channel four that Hmm. aired in january 2015 was it that long ago yeah for that year russell t davis was responsible for 85 percent of black and asian actors being on tv that year but he didn't make a big song and dance about who he's cast he just cast them and wrote them really Hmm. great parts and the acting and the performance and all that showed off but what we're seeing more and more is that it's not important to be a good person who does good things. It's more important to be seen to be a good person who does good things. It's like filming yourself give money to the homeless. I was going to do that this morning, but my battery was dead, so I thought, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know, it's just, it's empty. It feels, it doesn't feel productive. It doesn't feel progressive. It just feels like you're doing it for show. Saying comments like that just to, to imply that anyone thought that Davros was a wheelchair evil, <laughs> you know, represented that people in wheelchairs are evil. Um, but then he proceeded to include that in his show anyway. If that was his viewpoint, he may have changed his mind. Everyone can. But if that's the case, you can't really sit on a high horse. I mean, I can't sit on a high horse and say I'm accepting, you know, I'm an LGBT ally because back when I was in school, I think I was very I was very homophobic and I still like shiver thinking about some of the things that were said in school to me and from me and I you know I disown that sort of that time but I can't possibly say and I can say I've I've learned from it and you know I know better but I don't feel I can sit on a high horse and call myself the you know and say I think this it's like an audacity to go into to it's a hypocritical audacity to just stand to go and say i'm progressive uh, and supportive of all these every right going nowadays you know you're so accepting of others and everything when you've got a past that hasn't been it's um especially when it's not really your community either i'm not gay so i can't really relate uh, i can't really sit on a high horse and tell people how gay people should be treated um, and what they should find offensive and what they shouldn't, because that's not me. And also, I've, if someone looked up, said, "Hang on, I remember you in school. You were you were quite homophobic, Chris." I said, "I oh, know, I was a stupid teenager. I'm not anymore." But that's not the problem. You know, it's kind of like it's it's just hypocrisy at its best, and everyone is guilty of it because no one, I guarantee, no one now is the same person as they was all that time ago, and it could take a search in your internet history or a tweet or just a memory of something you said at a party a long time ago and immediately your woke personality is just picked apart and uh, that's where i feel russell today this is that if he's not too careful i'm hoping this is just a one-off poorly worded statement but i'm really dreading if the rest of the show is going to continue along that line Abby, can I come to you now? Because uh, I don't want to get accused of being two men over speaking a woman. <laughs> so what are your viewpoints on all this? And did you like the five minute sketch? I did like the five minute sketch, but I didn't like bits of it. But that's mainly because I'm a big Finnish stan. And obviously they've done 
the I Davros thing and they've kind of done the whole backstory to Davros. Like the fact that obviously we know Davros from the chair and the whole concept of the Daleks is that the Daleks were created out of his chair and not the other way around. Um, so that, as a big Finnish fan, irritated me, but not enough for me to kick off about it, you know. But it was nice seeing David back. That was the highlight for me. Mm. It was you great. Know? And Julian Bleach <laughs> is incredible as Davros. Yes, yes. He looks like Prince Philip now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it was it was like, like nice to have like the little nod, like the voice that um, called out and stuff like that. Um, Who was that? Because that was a very good impression of Peter Miles. That was Nicholas Briggs. Oh, I had to retract my statement. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it was very good. Very good. I was uh, I was really taken aback by us. Uh, Davros, we need you in the in the auditorium. You know that. Oh, just that. It was brilliant. It was really well done. That gave me chills. That did. Well done, Nicholas. It'll be interesting to see if they do any Davros stuff with Shooty. What they do. Um, I think it's more. I'm more intrigued than anything now. But they might not. They might not necessarily show him again at all now. So we'll just have to wait and see. I guess. Yeah, I mean, mm. I guess the hard thing now is what does the next showrunner do? Because the next showrunner comes up with a really killer idea, like a great idea, and everyone they tell it to is like, that is the best Davros story we have ever heard, but it requires Davros being back in his traveling machine. Mm. How does the next showrunner put him back in that machine without being accused of hating disabled people? Because of RTD's comments. Yeah, no, he's kind of penciled that in for the rest of Davros's kind of life now really big finish can never put out another cover with davros on the <laughs> classic davros on the cover because true, people yeah. accuse them of bigotry true mm. how far do we take this because if you look into it i bet you could take offense from everything because aren't the daleks essentially wheelchair users i think you mentioned the other day about cybermen who are essentially about artificial limbs and things like that what about autons? Autons, they've got those plastic arms. What about someone who's got a prosthetic arm? Some, kids, some yeah. kid's called an auton in the playground. and, and The way I see it is you can't always keep everyone happy. Like, you have to do what you have to do, and someone is going to disagree with what you've done at some point down the line, especially if it involves stories that they, characters that they love and enjoy. Um, mm. You can't always keep those people happy, you know? And uh, yes, it will be interesting to see what Russell, what else Russell stirs up. Really, um, yeah. It's, it's the only it's, thing. The only the other the other thing I didn't like was the plunger thing. Like what? <laughs> I guess that was I guess that was coming a mile away once he broke it. Like the 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 thing is the thing is obviously they had to do some form of a comedy thing because essentially it was for children in need, but. Um, Oh no, the music, right. So I don't know if they told Murray Gold what the scene was supposed to be because it felt like they wanted it to be serious, but then the music was all clunky clinky in the background. Do you know I can't even recall? Yeah, honestly, if you watch the scene, because I had people messaging me, because obviously I've got a fan doctor called Dickensian. Yeah. And she's a clumsy oaf. She walks into cupboards, she falls over air. She's one of those sort of doctors. And everybody was saying that you should you should use that music for Dickensian. So that shows you 
like uh, <laughs> the, the the mood the music was compared to the scene it didn't really match but no it was it was, it was not it was nice to have the the children in the need doctor who special up so can't fault that interestingly i was messaged by somebody yesterday to give this person's credentials i'm not going to name them your tinder's taking off is it <laughs> but to give this person their credentials, they told me that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be playing Doctor Strange a year before it was announced. They told me the BBC were going to be waiting for Chris Chibnall to be free to take over from Moffat. They told me that Jodie Whittaker was leaving, and they told me that David Tennant was going to be the 14th Doctor. And all of that came to pass. What this person told me yesterday is that Julian Bleach didn't want to get back in the makeup for a five-minute sketch. Can't blame him for that. <laughs> no, so what RTD opted to do is take the bullet and protect his cast. Makes sense. I think that's a very weird way of trying to take a bullet. That's not I don't think there was a bullet needed because the sketch pretty much summoned uh, Davros yeah. before his accident and people went, could have just gone, oh, all right, that's, that's fine. We could we could accept that, you know. It's just oh, because it took me a moment. It took me a moment to work out it was Julie Bleach. What I will say is that although my source has been correct before, that doesn't mean they've not got the wrong end of the stick this time, or that they haven't misconstrued something that they were told, or somebody else hasn't mm. misread it and then reported it to them. So this could just be scuttlebutt, and it, it might not be correct. But I just thought it was an interesting take. It's a still, it doesn't explain the very weird response to that because you could just say nothing. This is the genesis of Daleks. This is before he, Davros actually became Davros. There you go. All done. And people would have done known that and uh, been okay with it. But now they're under the impression, and this is the weird one, he says, so is Davros just going to be without his chair now? You know, like, no, this was set in the past. Did you not watch the sketch? The sketch is set right at the very beginning. Oh. Oh, oh, right. But a lot of people were wondering whether this is a setup for the future of Davros. I don't think it is. I think they probably won't use him. But I'd, but adding this context of we want to respect wheelchair users is <laughs> just a really bizarre leap of logic. People are funny. All right. I thought we should give 60th predictions because that's at the end of this week. So, Abby, I'll come to you first. What do you think we're going to see? The the thing is, because like all the stuff that I like all the stuff that everybody is happy about, we've already seen in teasers. You know? I feel like they they should have hid Beep the Meep till the actual thing, personally. Unless Beep isn't the one that you should be looking out for. Yeah, true. That's the mm. distraction. But um my brain, this is the problem, my brain has emulgulated all three of the specials into one episode. Yeah, I think I've done that. <laughs> so trying to talk about like 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 60th as a whole is fine, but individually, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'd be missing episode functionalities. But my question in my head is: uh, Is Sooty going shoot? Sooty going to be in? these three episodes like is he gonna be at the in the end of the episode or do we know that so he had three weeks between barbie finishing and sex education starting so i am gonna go out on a limb and say he's in one or two scenes in the last episode yeah and i don't think we're gonna see any 
previous doctors. I think the only doctors we're going to get is Tennant and Gatwa, unless there's archive footage. And the reason I think this is because last year we had the power of the doctor and on the iPlayer, they've got those uh, little dream sequences for Tales in the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. So they bring back old doctors for a third time in the space of a year. Yeah, no, everybody's desperate to get Matt Smith back and I then know. I've got a theory about that, but I don't think it's going to be now. <laughs> so, yeah, I think what's going to happen, everyone thinks Donna's going to die. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's not going to happen. You don't bring back one of the most popular companions of all time and kill her in a celebratory episode. Yeah. No, there will be an ending for her because uh, I think how she left in the first place was quite sad. So why would you bring her back for a sadder ending? <laughs> Just feels even worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. She'll leave and be happier with her family. Yeah. I just want to know how, why she doesn't go kaput. I bet it's because she's got a child and that child somehow inherited Time Lord powers and the Doctor can focus the energy on both of them. That would be quite interesting. So that's what I think. Okay, I'll, I'll jump ahead to my Series 14 prediction, okay? Mm. So there's a lot of speculation about Stephen Moffat coming back. Mm. Now, if you're the former showrunner, do you want to come back and write an other episode? Like, do you just want to come in and write episode three of a series, which is 45 minutes, you're constrained, blah, blah, blah. Or would you come back and write the Christmas special, which is an hour and you could potentially bring your doctor in? Right. So I think Stephen Moffat is going to write the 2024 Christmas special, and that's when we're going to see Matt Smith. No, I like that. Because I don't see how else Stephen Moffat comes back to write for it. You don't just bring back a former showrunner to do one episode. True. I like how Mark Gatiss said there was a story for David Tennant they never got to use, and uh, he said he hoped that would be resurfaced. And I, I don't know if it was just me, but I heard a collective, No! across the ether. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know uh, what? Mark Gates is not my favourite writer, but he's never written one that I hate. Maybe Sleep No More, but like The Unquiet Dead, yeah. Crimson Horror. I love Crimson Horror. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't say they're very impacting stories he's written, but they're not yeah, no, the worst true. things ever written, apart from Sleep No More, I think. He didn't write Love and Monsters. Good lord, no! And with that, the person who did is the new is the showrunner again. (laughs) 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 Don't know what that says. (laughs) All right, he's written Journey's End and other other fantastic. He's written some about Love and Monsters. (laughs) Then you're Love and Monsters as the Tarnish, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> I call that the episode that the original writer dropped out and he just went, oh crap, I've got to fit in the gap, or shall I write? <laughs> <laughs> the core idea of Love and Monsters is pretty solid. Oh yeah, it's just it's the way the it's execution done, of it, isn't it? It's yeah. the, the giving the uh, Blue Peter winner a chance to draw a fat <laughs> absorbing... I think I've actually met him once, actually. He's now... Yeah, you know, I know he, him. Yeah, yeah, I know I know this man. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what um, his opinion is of it all. I've never actually asked. I kind of feel like I don't want to embarrass him. You know, it's like it's like a kid who went on Jim Will Fix It. You know, they don't want to talk about it, you know. True. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Neil Patrick Harris 
Um, yes. As a toy maker. I'm intrigued why he's chosen that accent, though. Yeah, it's an I'm interesting that- one. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that's not. I'm gonna guess that's like one of the personas he's gonna put yeah. across. If that makes any sense, like one of his yeah. characters in his little like box of toys. Mm. Um, Does he say I think he is recognizing me, or I think she is recognizing me? Because the first time I thought he said he, but then when I went back and rewatched it, I thought he could be saying she. No, it's he. It's a quote from it's one. Got, yeah, oh, it's definitely okay. he. Yeah, definitely he. Yeah, it's a quote. It's a quote. Um, because all the all the first Doctor fans were like, "Oh my god, it's the toy maker!" As soon as he said that, I was like, "Oh, cool." We all had that idea <laughs> from I think when they put out the photos. Oh yeah, we've known for ages. Yeah, but, like, but it's nice that they've confirmed it because it's uh, it's quite exciting. Imagine what you have to go off. You go to Neil Patrick Harris. So I don't know if he's a big Doctor Who fan or ever watched much of it. But then to be told you're going to be playing this character that the the butler the from is lost. The Tim Burton Batman used to play. <laughs> yeah, well, he worked with RTD on it to sin. See a pattern occurring with Russell. I, I can see how he got into it, but I imagine you know, imagine him saying, uh, "You're going to be playing the toy maker, who's." Uh, a villain who they haven't seen since 1965. Four, five. five, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's quite impressive. Yeah. What's interesting about Neil Patrick Harris is he's actually in the magician's circle. Yes. Is he really? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So he'll probably do a lot of tricks himself. Mm. But no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because fan audios have been doing the toy maker for ages. My doctor got killed by one. Um, no. <laughs> so it's nice. Yeah, um, it's Chelsea Lagan that plays our toy maker. Oh, actually. Wow. Oh, she's so good. She does like an RP accent. She's she's so she's so good. I just see her at everything. <laughs> she is. She is. But she's got such a wide range. Oh, yeah. but no, she she puts an, she puts an RP accent on for our toy maker because we keep saying that um, Neil Patrick Harris is just before her. Oh, ah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's not. It'd be nice to see toy maker on screen and not just in fan stuff because we just need the monk on telly now <laughs> oh god <laughs> bring the monk get rufus hound on screen that'd be nice rufus hound's very yeah, good yeah that's what i mean rufus hound on screen would be awesome do you know i um i've got to ask what do you both think about the second story because that's starting to get a bit of hype. which one's the second one the wild blue yonder which is like the middling story. Uh, it looks like they're on a ship or something. But they're... That's, that's the bit where Donna says, something scared the TARDIS, let's go kick its ass. Yeah, and all the Americans kicked off because arse is a swear word, apparently. I was surprised they put arse in there. To be honest, I've ne- I, I found it surprising when like Nardole said it in the, <laughs> in the series before. Oh, Clara said it, Bill said yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Moffat just doesn't yeah. care. I mean, remember David Tennant used to say, don't swear. And uh, then Matt Smith coming goes, uh, River, I could bloody kiss you. <laughs> yeah, I say bloody's always there. Yeah, so, like... That's just ultimately British, that one. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised no one said bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dollar line, oh, if any. Yes. Bollocks. Yeah, it's goes, what a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think there's any chance they put Catherine Tate in the unit spinoff? I just want the unit spinoff to be confirmed because it's not even been confirmed. Be honest, the one thing that has been very good has been how they've been announcing things. Mm. The teasers have all been very well timed. For example, yeah. if even if you go back to when Shooty was announced, 
then son, then the next then when the regeneration came it was david tennant you know we were yeah, expecting true. something yeah. else uh we were expecting shooty and then other things it's all been very well timed of course they've had yeah, to wear like true, neil patrick true. harris because they filmed out with him in the middle yeah. of london <laughs> yeah so i i love what they what they're doing to market it i think they're doing really well and so i reckon any spin-off will if it's coming directly from the specials that's setting it up there'll be an announcement afterwards i reckon oh yeah i i reckon they're gonna get a few obviously mel um will probably be in it i I reckon they'll be getting a lot of a lot of um a lot of classics in i would like to see martha there though ah yeah Yeah, i think martha's gonna pop up in unit oh i love me a bit of martha jones she is my fave oh me too but probably for different reasons Oh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen Sense8? Almost ripped it off. Yes. <laughs> Abby, your lesbian is showing. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I reckon they'll have a good opportunity with the unit stuff. Bring back Joe Grant and like little tidbits and, someone, and things. But... Someone had to ask, didn't they, about Torchwood? And... Uh... He very Ugh. cleverly answered as if uh, I it's not a I haven't considered it at the moment <laughs> for basically meaning no fucking way <laughs> no way I but I think this is the, one of the reasons why they'll do the unit thing is for people to be like yeah. you don't want torture yeah. back do you we've given you units yes we've got Kate more Kate Lethbridge Stewart yes <laughs> oh yeah I mean torture is never coming back one you've no. got. Yeah, everyone's monocles fell out over the John Barrowman thing we all knew about for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So everyone kicked off about that. And Russell was okay with it. He was. He was. There's footage of him laughing when Barrowman's telling the stories on stage. I think the Torchwood story's come and gone now. It's it's old hag. They need new concepts. and It's been off the air, what, 10 yeah, years now? exactly. Exactly. And the actors have moved on and they've probably got their toes in other projects and the last thing they want to do is go back into something that they were doing previous, you know? I could see Eve Miles popping up in a unit episode. Yeah. Like maybe like cameos and stuff like that, but yeah. nothing um like a full on tortured thing. And even though Tortured had its fans and it did get a few million, it I don't feel like it's remembered in the same way as other shows. Like it's not remembered in the same way, say Frasier was, and that's just come back. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just I don't think that drive for it is there. And I know it does very well on Big Finish, and I'm a massive fan of the tortured range on Big Finish. I think it's incredible, but I don't think that translates into the average audience member. No. And I think if you launch Unit, then you can bring Gwen Cooper into that for an episode, and she's liaison with with them or whatever. What I think is going to happen, I think Ruth Maidley is going to be in the unit spinoff. And I think the leads of unit spinoff will be Kate Stewart, uh, Ruth Maidley and Bonnie Langford. Yeah. With Sophie and Janet showing up every now and then. Yeah. I think also they would have, it would be very clever for them to announce that afterwards because they've just reintroduced unit in these ones. True. In, uh, here's another thing that uh, I can see what other uh, fans have been angry about because, you know, why not? Why not get angry about <laughs> things? Now, my favourite one. This is this is great. Uh, it's uh, that the next season of Doctor Who, starting with these specials, is going to be season one, series one. One. The fact that they've reset the clock. 
it makes sense. If I'm signing into Disney and I see something that looks interesting and I click on it and I see that it's series 14 and they don't have the previous. Yeah, that make any sense. I'm not watching it. But no, if I click yeah. on it, it says season one, I'm watching. Hey, absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, to be honest. It was something, actually, I think Chibnall tried to do when they did Jodie Whittaker, but it's obviously yeah. they didn't have any faith in it at that time. I'm glad they didn't, because uh, <laughs> I'm glad to leave, cut it off now. <laughs> well, even wanted to mess around with the, the numbering, because he, he thought that by the time you get to Series 5, it's a bit old hat, but then he thought it's too early to go back to Season 1. So he was going to call it like season 32 or something, whatever it would be if Doctor Who had carried on. But then uh-huh. the BBC said, no, it's stupid. Do you, do you just keep it as series five? Yeah. See, I think the only thing that bothers me about that is the fact that Russell's now been like, we're not now new Who and old Who. We are just the Who-niverse. But then he's like starting from season se- season one, isn't it? Season one. Yeah. Which essentially in my head is... William Hartnell, you know? I think that's the only that's yeah. the only issue I have with that is the whole we're supposed to be one show yet. What season would it be if it kept Uh so we ended with season twenty six. Six. So Rose would have been season twenty seven. I'm not good at maths. Right. So what's thirteen plus twenty seven? Forty? Christ. Yeah. Season forty. Bloody Nora. Damn. The fact I figured that out before you two is baffling. I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just assume you'd get there at some point. <laughs> so I didn't bother. <laughs> yeah. What a stupid question posed by me. Once again, like you would have been in the same situation uh, when Chris joined if you'd gone, oh, there's a new show on telly called Doctor Who, and rather than it being season one, it would have been... Uh, season 27 season 27 and then it's the same context of like i wouldn't have watched it yeah well soap operas don't have episode numbers really do they uh you don't go tuning in and go you you jump in oh god what season would coronation street be on apart from my good friend benji clifford i don't think anyone started from scratch with Corey to catch up oh lord I'm going to bring that up the next time I speak to Benji. I'm going to be like, so Benjamin. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about Cory. <laughs> ah, actually, he's not Benjamin. Never was. Because Christian Benjamin. No, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he, no. uh, but he generally has watched Coronation Street since he began. I don't know what year he's up to at the moment, but the man's in the Blimey. past. Uh, he's the only. He's the only definition of time traveller. Uh, I've ever, <laughs> I know he's in our Christmas special, so I'm going to be like, so Corey. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> I love you. I love you, sir. <laughs> but he, every time he tweets, it's like I've travelled in time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it makes complete sense for them to to renumber it, in my opinion, and to lock it off in two separate eras. As in, you got classic, then you got two 2005 to 2022. And it puts it in the audience's mind that this is a jumping on point. Because what put yeah. me off Classic Who for so long, I didn't know where to start. And they weren't bringing the DVDs out in order. So it was like, right, do I pick up this random doctor and companion? I don't know. And I also assumed that you had to have seen it all to get it all. And whenever I talk to my friends who don't watch Doctor Who, they assume that if they haven't started since 2005, they can't watch it. Yeah. Having a clear jumping on point just makes sense. 
As a, well, I think that's an adult thing, is wondering about where to jump on. Because when I was a kid, it was on UK Gold, and I only caught like partway through the time monster. And uh, next week was on, and I didn't know what episode order that came in. I think I missed an episode because we were away on holiday. So I'll come back. And that was, I think, the beauty of those classics is that you don't need to necessarily watch them consecutively. Which is yeah uh, no the first episode I the first ever episode I watched was on um, UK Gold and it was the Nymons. Oh wow! <laughs> UK Gold on a weekend morning. I'm kind of reliving that at the moment because they've been on iPlayer, which I think is fantastic. Uh, although if Steph Coburn could just shut up and just let the first story go on, that'd be great. Um, I don't even need the last three parts of that serial. I just need the first one. <laughs> I've had to get the DVD out. Um, the fact they've all been on there, my uh, my son uh, William, who is uh, he's nearly three, and he is obsessed with it. I've basically corrupted him. Uh, I've made an enemy. I've made basically my own undoing. And he uh, <laughs> he say, "Daleks, Daddy, Daleks, exterminate!" I'm not joking. He didn't shouts exterminate at me, which is great. But he asked for the classic ones to be put on all the time. And we've been doing oh, it wow. every week, every weekend morning. So I'm sort of reliving my UK to cold days now. I say, but that's the same with my with my kids, Noah. His favourite doctor's two. So's Williams. It's, yeah? He keeps pointing, <laughs> What's that all about? He, I don't understand it. <laughs> I th- I, um, th- no, well, I, I, not that to say he was, he was shit. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's just such a random... It's just a ran- random doctor, because I honestly thought, oh, he won't be interested, it's black and white, but no. Yeah, exactly my thought. Oh, he- he'll sneak his tablet into his bedroom, and I'll go in, and he'll be sat there watching black and white who on his tablet, like, sneaking yeah. me, and I'm like, this this is very strange, child. <laughs> oh, it is. Do you know what ones have been played the, the most? It's Tomb of the Cybermen. That's yeah, been on several yeah. times, and... Actually, this was a bit of a cheat, but it, it's not in black and white. But he, he loves, actually, no, he does, he loves the power of the Daleks animation. And, yeah. uh, but he would, he'll just point and go, that one, that one. And he's pointing at Troughton's little image. <laughs> and then as I'm scrolling <laughs> through, so he's pointing at the original Dalek story, uh, the, the Dalek serial. Uh, but I've, I've been saying, no, 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 we're going to wait because that's coming out in colour, which, and again, more fans are divisive about because oh stop colorizing black and white others just forget that they can still watch it in black and white it's just just get yeah. on with it. uh but i've said yeah we'll wait for that one because that's going to be a good watch i'm looking forward to that a nice cut down version of the daleks in color noah loves the invasion do you have you noticed the quality on it on iplayer yeah it's like they've got <laughs> the original recording yeah it looks like it's something from a tape <laughs> there's no rest there's no restoration on it at all it's really poor no. i can't even i struggle to watch it i just like no i can't do this it's like the screen it looks like an old bit of found footage <laughs> yeah. yeah it does they, they need to yeah but no that's that's noah's that's noah's go-to we, we've rambled on enough for this episode yes <laughs> we will be back next week talking about the first of the 60th anniversary specials and we might have a special guest joining us. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we lower your expectation, though. <laughs> yeah, nobody would have ever heard of them. <laughs> no, it's not David Tennant. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night.